What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. And on today's episode of Decoding Colts, we dive into the Branch Davidians. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor... Pondex for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking to grow your audience and get more engagement with your podcast, come check out Pondex today at pondex.com and use the promo code Larry21 to save you 10% off your order. So, what do you say? Let's jump right into today's episode. The Branch Davidians, or the General Association of Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventists, were an apocalyptic new religious movement founded in 1955 by Benjamin Rodin. They regard themselves as a continuation of the General Association of Davidian Seventh-day Adventists established by Victor Hutif in 1935. Victor is a Bulgarian immigrant and a Seventh-day Adventist who wrote a series of tracts entitled The Shepherd's Rod, which called for the reform of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. After his ideas were rejected by Adventist leaders, he and his followers formed the group that later became known as Davidians, and some of them moved onto a tract of land on the western outskirts of Waco, Texas, where they built a community called Mount Carmel Center, which served as the headquarters for the movement. After Victor's death in 1955, his wife Florence took control of Davidian organization. That same year, Rodin proclaimed what he believed to be a new message from God and wrote a series of letters, presenting it to Davidians. He signed these letters, The Branch believing that to be the new name Jesus had taken to reflect a new stage of his work in the heavenly sanctuary. Those who accepted Rodin's teachings became known as Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. In 1957, Florence sold the original Mount Carmel Center and purchased 941 acres near Elk, Texas, 13 miles northeast of Waco, named the property New Mount Carmel Center. After the failure of Florence's prophecy of apocalyptic events on or near April 22, 1959, she dissolved the Davidian Association in 1962 and sold all but 77 acres of the new Mount Carmel property. Rodin took possession of new Mount Carmel in 1962 and began his efforts to purchase the remaining 77 acres. On February 27, 1973, new Mount Carmel was sold to Benjamin Rodin, Lois Rodin, and their son George Rodin. 
Trustees for the General Association of Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah, I try to say that name seventh, five times fast. From this point on, the property was simply known as Mark Mount Carmel. Upon the death of Rodin in 1978, his wife Lois became the next Davidian prophet at the compound. In 1981, a young man named Vernon Howell, later known as David Koresh, came to New Mount Carmel and studied biblical prophecy under Lois Rodin. By the end of 1983, he had gained a group of followers and they separated from Lois's organization to form a new organization by the name the David Davidian Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. Meanwhile, Lois continued to operate the Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association from Mount Carmel Center near Waco. It is notable that Howell's group and the Branch Davidian's Lois's group were two separate organizations with different leaders and different names operating from different locations from 1983 forward. It was not until 1987, after Lois had died, that Howell filed a document claiming to be president of the Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. Also in 1987, Koresh and some of his followers went to Mount Carmel Center and engaged in a shootout with George Rodin that eventually resulted in Koresh's group occupying the land. The actions of Koresh and his followers are regarded by Branch Davidians who remain loyal to Lois as an act of identity theft against them. Koresh's leadership of his group ended at the climax of the Waco siege of 1993, a 51-day standoff between members of the sect and federal agents when New Mount Carmel was destroyed in a fire. Four agents of the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and two residents of Mount Carmel were killed by members of the sect during the initial raid, while four sect members were killed by ATF agents on February 28, 1993. Seventy-six members of Koresh's group, many of the children, died in a fire that erupted during the siege on April 19, 1993. Howell's arrival in Mount Carmel in 1981 was well received by nearly everyone at the Davidian Commune. He engaged in an affair with Lois Roden while he was in his late 20s, and she was in her late 60s. Howell wanted to father a child with her, who, according to his understanding, would be the chosen one. When she died, George Roden inherited the positions of prophet and leader of the sect. A power struggle ensued between Roden and Howell, who, sang, who, soon, excuse me, who soon gained the loyalty of the majority of the Divinians. In 1984, Howell and his followers left Mount Carmel, which Roden subsequently named Rodenville, another splinter group led by Charlie Pace, also left and settled in Alabama. As an attempt to regain support, Roden challenged Howell to raise the dead, going so far as to exhume the corpse of a two-decades deceased Davidian in order to demonstrate his spiritual supremacy. This illegal act gave Howell an opportunity to attempt to file charges against Roden, but he was told that he would need evidence in order to substantiate the charges. On November 3, 1987, Howell and seven of his followers raided Mount Carmel equipped with five .223 semi-automatic rifles two 22 caliber rifles, two 12-gauge shotguns, and nearly 400 rounds of ammunition in an apparent attempt to retake the compound. Although Howell's group claimed that it was trying to obtain evidence of Rodin's illegal activities, its members did not take a camera with them. The trial ended with the jury finding Howell's followers not guilty, but the jury members were unable to agree on a verdict for Howell himself. After his followers were acquitted, 
Howell invited the prosecutors to Mount Carmel for ice cream. It is claimed that Howell was never authorized to name his breakaway sect the Branch Davidians, and the church which bears the name continues to represent the members of the Branch Church who did not follow him. Howell, who acquired the position of spiritual leader from Rodin, asserted it by changing his name to David Koresh, suggesting that he had ties to the biblical King David and Cyrus the Great. Koresh is the Hebrew version of the name Cyrus. He wanted to create a new lineage of world leaders. This practice later served as the basis for allegations that Koresh was committing child abuse, which contributed to the siege by the ATF. Interpreting Revelation 5-2, Koresh identified himself with the lamb mentioned therein. This is traditionally believed to symbolize Christ. However, Koresh suggested that the lamb would come before Jesus and pave the way for his second coming. By the time of the 1993 Waco siege, Koresh had encouraged his followers to think of themselves as students of the seven seals, rather than as branch divinians. During this day enough, one of his followers publicly announced that he wanted them thereafter to be identified by the name Koreshians. On February 28, 1993, at 4.20 a.m., ATF attempted to execute a search warrant relating to alleged sexual abuse charges and illegal weapon violations. The ATF attempted to breach the compound for approximately two hours until their ammunition ran low. Four ATF agents, Steve Willis, Robert Williams, Todd McKeon, and Conway Charles LeBlue, were killed, and another 16 agents were wounded during the raid. The five Branch Davidians killed in the raid were Winston Blake, Peter Gent, Peter Hipsman, Perry Jones, and J.D. and Wendell. Two were killed by the Branch Davidians. Almost six hours after the ceasefire, ceasefire excuse me, Michael Schroeder was shot dead by ATF agents, who alleged he fired a pistol at agents as he was attempting to re-enter the compound with Woodrow Kendrick and Norman Ellison. His wife said he was merely returning from work and had not participated in the day's earlier altercation. Schroeder had been shot once in the eye, once in the heart, five times in the back. After the raid, ATF agents established contact with Koresh and others inside of the compound. The FBI took command after the deaths of federal agents and managed to facilitate the release of 19 children without their parents relatively early into the negotiations. Children were then interviewed by the FBI and the Texas Rangers. The children had been physically and sexually abused before the raid. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
On April 19, 1993, the FBI moved for a final siege of the compound using large weaponry such as the 50 caliber rifle and armored combat engineering vehicles to combat the heavily armed Branch Davidians. The FBI attempted to use tear gas to flush out the Branch Davidians. Officially, FBI agents were only permitted to return any incoming fire, not to actively assault the Branch Davidians. When several Branch Davidians opened fire, the FBI's response was to increase the amount of gas being used. Around noon, three fires broke out simultaneously in different parts of the building. The government maintains that the fires were deliberately started, started by Branch Davidians. Some survivors maintain that the fires were started either accidentally or deliberately by the assault. Of the 85 Branch Davidians in the compound when the final siege began, 76 died on April 19th in various ways, from falling rubble to suffocating effects of the fire, or by gunshot from fellow Branch Davidians. The Waco siege had lasted 51 days. In all, four ATF agents were killed, 16 wounded, and six Branch Davidians died in the initial raid on February 28th. 76 more died in the final assault on April 19th. The events of Waco spurred criminal prosecution and civil litigation. A federal grand jury indicted 12 of the surviving Branch Davidians, charging them with aiding and abetting and murder of federal officers and unlawful possession and use of various firearms. Eight Branch Davidians were convicted on firearm charges, five convicted of voluntary manslaughter, and four were acquitted of all charges. As of 2007, all Branch Davidians have been released from prison. Civil suits were brought against the U.S. government, federal officials, former Governor of Texas Ann Richards, and members of the Texas Army National Guard. The bulk of these claims were dismissed because they were insufficient as a matter of law or because the plaintiffs could advance no material evidence in support of them. One case, Andrade v. Chagnacki, made it to the Fifth Circuit, which upheld a previous ruling of Take Nothing Denied. There are several groups today that claim descent from the Branch Davidians. The group that retains the original name, Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist, regards Lois Roden's immediate successor to have been Doug Mitchell. And Mitchell's successor to be Trent Wild, this group never followed David Crash. Another group exists under the leadership of Charles Pace called the Branch, the Lord Our Righteousness, it is legally recognized a nomination with 12 members. Pace, while regarding Koresh as appointed by God, says that Koresh twisted the Bible's teachings by fathering more than a dozen children with members' wives. Pace believes that the Lord has anointed me and appointed me to be the leader, but he says he is not a prophet, but a teacher of righteousness. Others, led by Clive Doyle, continue to believe Koresh was a prophet and await his resurrection, along with the followers who were killed. Both of these groups are still waiting for the end times. Clive Doyle died just recently in June 20, uh, 2022. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, the main church in the Adventist tradition, rejected Victor Hutif's teachings and revoked his membership in 1930. He then went on to found the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church, an offshoot, which is also known as the Shepherd's Rod. The Branch Davidians are offshoot of the Davidians, and they are also a prophet, product of a schism which was initiated by Benjamin Rodin. After Hotev's death and in the light of Florence's usurpation of power, Florence believed that she was a prophet, but 
her prediction of the demise of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which, according to her, should have occurred 42 months after Q-Tip's um, death failed to materialize. Likewise, Ben Rodens believed that he was a prophet as well as a rightful heir to the leadership of the Davidians. While they were still formerly members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the branch Davidian leaders demanded a reform of the church, and when their demand was met with opposition, they decided to leave that denomination. At the same time, they widely distanced themselves from the Davidians. The Seventh-day Adventist Church deprived both the branch Davidians and the Davidians of their membership in the denomination. In spite of this fact, the branch Davidians actively continued to hunt members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and encouraged them to leave it and join their group. The Seventh-day Adventists were reportedly apprehensive about the group's views because Branch Davidians claimed that they were the only rightful continuation of the Adventist message. Based on their belief that Victor Q-Tiff was the divinely selected prophet and the successor of Ellen G. White, both the Davidians and the Branch Davidians claimed that Q-Tiff was their spiritual inspiration. As the founder of the Davidians, the Seventh-day Adventist Church issued warnings about the Branch Davidian sex views, so its members on a regular basis. There is documented evidence, such as FBI negotiation transcripts between Catherine Schroeder and Steve Schneider, with interjections from Koresh himself that David Koresh and his followers did not call themselves Branch Davidians. In addition, David Koresh, through forgery, stole the identity of Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventists for the purpose of obtaining the new Mount Carmel Center's property. The doctrinal beliefs of the Branch Davidians differ on teachings such as the Holy Spirit and His nature, and the feast, days, and the requirements. Both groups have disputed the relevance of the other spiritual authority based on the proceedings which followed Victor's death. From its inception in 1930, the Davidians group believed that it was living at a time when biblical prophecies of the Last Judgment for coming to a pass as a prelude to Christ's second coming. In the late 1980s, Koresh and his followers abandoned many Branch Davidian teachings. Koresh became the group's self-proclaimed final prophet. Koreshians became the majority as a result of a schism which occurred among the Branch Davidians. But some of the Branch Davidians did not join Koresh's group. Instead, they gathered around George Roden, where they became independent. Following a series of violent shootouts between Rodin and Koresh's group, the new Mount Carmel compound was eventually taken over by the Koreshians. Let us know your thoughts on this topic in the comment section below. Um, let us know uh, what did you think of the Branch Davidians or any thoughts on the Waco siege. And let's try to keep the comments civil if you wouldn't mind. And as always, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. As always, if you want to support the channel, go ahead, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, pay them, and even create more content, and hopefully take this show on the road. So as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleep.